0: I die the king's good servant, but God's first. Sir Thomas More, July 6, 1535. to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and today we'll be looking back at the time of Henry VIII, not specifically at Henry, but at a man who played a pivotal role during that same time. Today we're going to look at Sir Thomas More. Many of you will be at least somewhat familiar with Sir Thomas More if only because you had to read his classic work, Utopia, in college. Listeners in the United Kingdom will, I imagine, be considerably more familiar with him than those in the United States, given his role in British history. And what may come as a surprise to even many Catholics is that Sir Thomas More is also St. Thomas More. This is an understandable ignorance, though one certainly in need of correction, partly because, I believe, On the whole, Spanish and Italian saints seem to be far better known than those from Great Britain. In the case of Thomas More, it's even more astonishing to some that he's a saint, given that he was also a politician. Very few politicians today have much hope of earning that similar distinction. Thomas More was born in London on February 7th, 1478, the son of a successful lawyer. And from an early age, it was expected that he would follow his father into that profession. He attended St. Anthony's School and also served as a page to John Morton, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury and Chancellor of England. Archbishop Morton saw great potential in war, beyond simply being a lawyer, and he convinced his father to send him to Oxford for two years, where he studied Latin, logic, and Greek and Latin literature. In 1494, he returned to London to study common law, and in 1501, he was admitted to the bar. For a few years after this, Moore seriously considered becoming a monk, but ultimately he decided he could serve God better as a layman. He married Jane Colt in 1505, and together they had four children. After Jane died in 1511, he married Alice Middleton. In 1504, Moore was elected to Parliament, representing Great Yarmouth, and in 1501 he was elected to represent London. This started what was a meteoric political career that it would see him serve as a Privy Councillor in 1514, Under Treasurer of the Exchequer 1521, Speaker of the House of Commons 1523, and finally Lord Chancellor of England 1529. From 1521 onward, Moore was a personal advisor to King Henry VIII. After the Protestant Reformation in Europe began in 1517, More helped Henry composed his response to Martin Luther, called Defense of the Seven Sacraments, which was published in 1521 and for which Henry received the title Defender of the Faith from Pope Leo X. Soon, however, Moore and Henry would find themselves on opposite sides of a major theological debate. In 1527, after his wife Queen Catherine of Aragon had failed to give him a male heir, Henry attempted to use the Bible verse Leviticus 2016 To prove that his marriage to Catherine was invalid, so that he could marry Anne Boleyn. He made this case to Moore, as well as to the Pope, but Moore could not accept it. Henry went forward with the divorce, and rather than openly oppose the king, Moore claimed he was in poor health and resigned from office in 1532. For two years, Moore remained silent. He would neither support Henry's break with Rome and sign the Act of Succession and Oath of Supremacy, nor speak against him publicly. More believed the silence would protect both him and his family because under English law at the time his silence would be seen as his agreeing with both the Act of Succession and Oath of Supremacy. In 1534, however, when formal assent to both the Act of Succession and the Oath of Supremacy was demanded of him, Moore refused. This was a clear declaration that he refused to accept the king as the head of the church in England. On April 17, 1534, Moore was sent to the Tower of London was ultimately found guilty of treason. After his conviction, he did finally speak his mind. During his trial, he said this, Quote, I will now, in discharge of my conscience, speak my mind plainly. For as much as this indictment is grounded upon an act of parliament directly repugnant to the laws of God and His Holy Church, the supreme government of which may no temporal prince presumed by any law to take upon him, as rightfully belonging to the See of Rome, a spiritual preeminence by the mouth of our Savior himself, while personally present upon the earth, owing to St. Peter and his successors, the bishops of Rome, by special prerogative granted, it is therefore in law amongst Christian men insufficient to charge any Christian man." End quote. Because of his years of service, Henry commuted the sentence from one of being hanged, drawn, and quartered to beheading. Moore was executed on July 6, 1535. The king had ordered Moore's last words from the scaffold, scaffold to be brief, and Moore was obedient to the end. His final words were, quote, I die the king's good servant, but God's first, end quote. In recent years, Thomas More has been held up by some as the model champion of the indissolubility of marriage, but I believe this misses the point. The issue of Henry VIII's divorce from Catherine of Aragon obviously sparked the crisis, but as More's statement in his trial shows, his concern went far beyond this. For More, the position of the Pope as head of the Catholic Church, and thus the survival of the Catholic Church, was at stake. As many surely did, Thomas More could have signed the Act of Succession and Oath of Supremacy even while not really supporting them. His conscience wouldn't allow this, however. He was willing to die for his firm belief that no lay ruler has authority over the Church, and it was for this belief in his ultimate martyrdom that the Church canonized him in 1935. In 2000, Pope St. John Paul II named More the patron of political leaders, and in a testament to More's character. In 1980, he was added as a martyr of the Reformation in the Church of England's calendar of saints and heroes of the Christian Church. He's the patron saint of lawyers, politicians, civil servants, court clerks, and adopted children. I think Moore is an important lesson for many people today, given that we have so few politicians willing to take a conscientious stand on anything, let alone something so critical. I want to close by encouraging everyone to watch A Man for All Seasons, a film that I've spoken about before on this podcast. It's from 1966, and it depicts the last years of Moore's life. It's also one of the best historical films ever made. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time.